right, everybody, welcome in. Concrete Jungle, New York Baseball Podcast, Monday edition, Game 5, Decisive Game 5 edition here. Uh, Paul Russo, next to me as always, Kyle Evans, behind the scenes, Nate Sharman, live from the FingerLakes1.com studios here in Sanga Falls, New York, at the North Park Building, third floor. Uh, happy Monday, all. A little bit dreary outside, but um, I'm sure the action will be heating up later. Uh, was a pretty uh, fantastic sports weekend, though, overall, I must say. I thought it was one of the wildest ones we've had in a while mm-hmm. in terms of all, all the sports, um, a lot of upsets, um, and that's what makes it a fun weekend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nate, thanks again, as always. How are you doing over there on this uh, Monday morning? Yep, couldn't agree more with the wild sports weekend. Mm-hmm. Our Bills got the win, though, in thrilling fashion last night, so can't be better than what I am over here, that's for sure. <laughs> So we'll jump right on in, obviously recapping uh, the ALCS so far uh, and uh, the, the headlines that have certainly have cropped up here over the course of the past 36-ish hours now, give or take. Um, been a uh, rough go of things, I'd say, for um, Aaron Boone at this point uh, in terms of uh, managerial decision-making business decision making I think you could probably chalk it up to a couple different things so uh, we'll jump right on into uh, Friday's game well what ended up being Friday's game right you know I know when we left on Thursday um, weather was a bit hit or miss uh, ends up uh, becoming uh, game uh, two on Friday night um, a four to two victory in uh, ten innings ended up being uh, ended up being a really tight game um, Emmanuel Classe picked up the win for Cleveland, uh, 1-0, ERA for him. Jim Santayon, uh, first appearance out of the pen in pinstripes, uh, picked up the loss. He's 0-1, um, a de facto nil ERA because his runs uh, will not go against him uh, when he came in. Uh, interesting stuff there. Nestor Cortez got the start, uh, continued his hot streak that he's been on. No decision, five innings, six hits, two earned, three Ks. Uh, three walks as well. Uh, ended up really coming out of the gate really strong, Nestor did, and, and did pretty much what he's been doing really post that August 15-16 start that he had, um, which was really awesome to see. I know we were kind of, um, I think, openly wondering a little bit, you know, is this the right spot for him? How would he do uh, in the game? But uh, certainly showed up and showed out really, really well in his first career postseason start. Yeah, he definitely pitched well. Uh, the offense didn't really back him up, mm-hmm. other than Stanton's two-run homer. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the game, they just couldn't get couldn't, couldn't get anything going against uh, right. Cleveland's bullpen, which has been really good. Yeah, I mean the offense, like you said, I, this is a point of emphasis, especially on Friday, really came out of the gates strong. Obviously, mentioned Giancarlo, he went one for three with the two-run shot, had a walk as well. Uh, Glaber Torres was the run who came in off that. He went two for five on the day. And uh, really pretty much the only bright spot, I'd say, for this individual. Isaiah uh, Kyra Falefa went two for four of the stolen base on the day. Um, but, uh, you know, as we mentioned, right, that, those were all fairly early on in the games. I mean, IKFs, uh, one hit came later on. But, um, you know, primarily all the offense was within the first pretty much five-inning window of that game. Yeah, and after the first inning, they had just three hits over the you know the next nine innings since it went to the extra inning. Um, they literally just did not hit. Yeah. Um, it's a tough spot, I guess, uh, Friday was. I know, obviously, right, 
coming off what you thought would be a Thursday game. Um, an interesting call there. Um, they called it fairly early on. It did look like they would have a window to play, but they just kind of jumped ahead and they kind of threw everybody for a little bit of a loop. And uh, to me, it certainly looked to be the case of the more experience, the better probably manager for sure. And Terry Francona over on the Guardian side of things, playing it better over the course of those next two games at that point, game two and three. Yeah, I mean, after that loss, uh, it just seems like things kind of took a little bit mm -hmm. of a turn. Cleveland had all the momentum. Um, and, yeah, they just they kind of been rolling with it. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Judge, 0 for 5 on the day there. Uh, it would end up being, and we'll touch more on this, obviously, with game three, but end up being his last game that we have seen him in leadoff so far, uh, 0 for 5 with 4Ks. Um, certainly hasn't been the right, or, well, I wouldn't say right. It certainly hasn't looked right, definitely in a slump. But that being said, uh, I do understand the booing that he got Friday. We are in this position uh, as Yankee fans and, and Yankee, you know, people, the position we get to is not without judge at this point. Is the slump at the right time? No, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody that, like, hey, this stuff kind of happens. I mean, should he be probably performing performing better? Yeah, but the fact that you're booing him over really what is only slump probably number, like, two or three on the year for him, I'm it's just bad timing of it. Yeah, I know in the moment you don't really think about that stuff, but like you said, literally they would not be here without him. Um, he does have to perform better, but also guys around him, it would be nice if they kind of you know stepped up too. It's not just him. Right. And and to be fair, you know Rizzo's been all right. Um, you know Friday was one for three. Uh, also had a couple walks. Right. Yeah. Glaber two for five. Obviously we mentioned Stanton. Uh, you know, but it, it's tough. I mean, and, you know, we'll, we'll jump into obviously more of the stuff here in just a second with game three, but, um, you know, and it, it, look, I mean, the bottom of the order did no favors for him, at least on Friday. Uh, for, you know, the eighth spot down was a combined 0 for 8. So, um, not, I, not great, obviously. And even then, if you want to really dive deep, is, you know, from six on down, it was two for two for seventeen in yeah. the game. So I mean, it it's hard to get a lot of help, and we know obviously pitchers are not going to be pitching directly per se at Judge anyway, even in this sense. Even though you know we're obviously beyond the historical aspect of it, but uh, he's been our you know second best hitter at worst all year in the American League, and can certainly still do a lot of damage, as we did see, obviously, the next night. Yeah, I know in the postseason, obviously, uh, you're not going to score a lot of runs, mm -hmm. but Friday, scoring, you know, two runs in ten innings, that's unacceptable. Right. Um, and, you know, you're probably going to lose that game, and they did. And I would, before we get out of here with this, I mean, definitely get a little bit of a shout-out here to uh, the bullpen after the fact with Nestor, even Tyone. Look, Tyone, Tyone came in a tough spot, not a bullpen guy. I've never been a big fan of having a starter who's never been even have a bullpen appearance period uh, go out and expect him to do well off the bat like that uh, but you know Lou Trevino came out shut him down um, pretty quickly um, same thing with you know Wazika Wandy who you know we'll really talk about more about last night's game but you know Wandy's been whites out this whole series um, Clay Holmes, who we'll obviously discuss even more, Tyone, and then Clark Schmidt came in and, and 
was able to you know keep keep the damage at where it was in that time thing. Yeah, um, like I said, if they literally just had a little more offense, I think this game's a little different. Um, and they had a couple opportunities, but more times than not, it just seemed like the innings were going too quick. Um, they were kind of just going down in order. Weren't really getting too much traffic on the bases, and of course it didn't work out in the long run. Yeah, so um, obviously sets the tone, and uh, with that being the rain update, takes away the travel day, so you're right into Game 3 on Saturday, which uh, the Yankees dropped 6-5 to five after pretty much being up the whole game. Uh, UI Morgan picked up the win out of the Guardian bullpen, 1-0 and 0-0 ERA for him. Clark Schmidt took the loss, 0-1-6-7-5 ERA for him. Uh, Luis Severino got the start, no decision after five and two-thirds work. Eight hits, three earned, and six strikeouts. So, again, Yankees starters uh, pretty much putting the team in the spot that they need to go ahead and shut things down at the point that uh, they get pulled out of the game. Yeah, uh, Severino did start out slow, um, kind of battled in, battled back. Was able to get the the Yankees some distance, not not as much as they probably would have hoped, but um, he did get you know through five at least, um, and you know they had the lead again, and they just they they didn't hang on to it, and that's that's the question mark that was going into this mm -hmm. postseason is you know how are they going to get outs? You you know you can't I mean you can use guys multiple days in a row, but I mean like tonight if Wani Peralta pitches, it would be what his fifth straight game. Yeah, that's a lot of pitches, especially yeah. in one of his outings. It was 23 pitches. I mean, at, at minimum, as you mentioned with Wandy, right, it's going to be four straight days of work and four straight games of work. Uh, but, um, look, you mentioned, right, you know, a couple guys and bring up uh, Judge here. Uh, he, you know, he, he finally got on the board here in the series, one for four on the day with a two-run home run. Uh, obviously, maybe collectively not the body work, but it was good to see at the very least he's not uh, completely gone down the river of a true – um, true bad slump, you know, saying the way that, you know, Jose Altuve is right now. So uh, it was good to see Judge kind of get on board. And, uh, you know, the way he's kind of now responded back the past couple nights uh, after getting that hit, you know, I think he would have probably done this, been, been the same if it had been a single or even a double or something like that. But uh, the fact that it was a home run certainly seemed as though it visually looked like a lot of weight got lifted off the shoulders. Yeah, and that home run I thought sparked the team. I mean, to put them on the board, I kind of got them, you know, offensively a little bit rolling after that frustrating Friday loss. And like I said, they had a late lead and their pen just didn't show up. Right. Uh, Swallow Cabrera also chipped in. Two for three, a home run, a double, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Uh, continues really what's been a fantastic, you know, pretty much big league debut month for him. Um, and a guy that's, you know, injustifiably here getting a lot of, of positive vibes and momentum here going. Harrison Bader, two for four with a solo home run, two runs scored. Uh, he has been the pretty much the drumbeat going in the bottom half of that lineup so far for the Yankees in this series, and uh, it's awesome to see the you know quote unquote hometown kid doing very well so far. Yeah, I mean that was his second home run at the time in the series. Um, he's actually like one of the guys in the bottom of the order that have kind of been contributing. Um, I mean, obviously he leads the team in home runs this postseason. Um, I don't think the Yankees would even you know be where they are right now without him. Um, he's been huge in this postseason so far. I, like I said, I don't think there'll be. A, I don't think there would have been a game five without him. He's he's came up huge defensively, and you know at the plate. Hundred percent. And you know those guys that I mentioned there, right, with Cabrera, Bader, and Judge, right. They're the only three guys who had hits actually on Saturday night. Five total hits. They had all five. 
So the fact of the matter is that all the offense came from those guys is really, to me, it speaks volumes now. Not to say other guys think I basically have a couple walks, right? Rizzo and Higgy got on base, but um, it was rough sledding. It was, it was some really bad at-bats overall from the Yankees. Um, I think this is where I can kind of note, right? Glaber Torres gets thrown into the leadoff spot uh, last night or uh, two nights ago, rather. Uh, he was obviously the lead-off guy last night, but, uh, you know, Boone kind of trying to figure out the situation a little bit, trying to shake something up Saturday a little bit uh, before it really, I guess, went off the rails for him and uh, the, we'll call it the game decision factor uh, side of managing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really like judge hitting leadoff in the postseason. Um, I think he needs, uh, especially with how the offense is struggling, I think he needs to come up with runners on. I mean, even if he does damage, it's one run, it's a solo shot. Like, as you're not getting enough from him, and he's your best hitter. So I think moving him down, you know, even just a spot, he could come up, you know, in the third, fourth inning with maybe a bottom of the order gets a guy or two on, maybe two guys are on. He has a chance of doing more damage than just one run. Yeah. So, you know, the Yankees, uh, when the bullpen kind of gets going here and you get in these tight spots, you kind of expect a guy like Clay Holmes to kind of find himself in, in play a little bit. Um, obviously, but was the Yankee closer most of the year. Um, but uh, obviously, you probably don't really use him quite in the sixth inning. That's where, you know, a guy like Lou Trevino comes in. He got the hold, did great. Same thing with Jonathan Luisaga again. Came in, got another hold. You know, Wandy Peralta comes in for an inning and two-thirds of work, allows a couple runs, obviously, but uh, gets a technical hold. And Clark Schmidt comes in and, and uh, ends up giving up, you know, the walk-off hit. But Clay Holmes uh, threw two-thirds of an inning Friday night, and Boone kind of comes out and says, I didn't want to, to use him unless it was an emergency situation. And Holmes kind of, they go to Holmes, obviously, after the fact, and you know, kind of says, uh, well, that's not what I was told. And clearly the line of communication here has been, I don't know about severed, but certainly compromised. And to me, it made it sound as if, you know, Holmes was ready to go when they gave him the call. And to me, uh, especially in the ninth inning, uh, when they pull Wandy out, that's about as emergency as I can come up with in a postseason game outside of there being a legitimate fire you have to go and put out. <laughs> yeah, that was just a wild situation in my mind. And the thing is, if Boone wasn't going to use him, my question with this is, mm -hmm. why did Trevino, Trevino only get one out? Why right. did Loisica not get pushed another batter or two? You know, Wandy obviously, you know, went long enough. But you, you, had, you, had, extra, you had guys that could have gotten extra outs, especially because, you know, Holmes wasn't available. And then you wouldn't have had to put Schmidt with guys on base in the ninth inning in a huge game like that. I think Trevino could have came back out. You know, just more extra outs from guys like that. Like, I just don't think you go to, like, a young kid in a big spot like that. I don't know if I necessarily... No way Trevino should be getting just one out. If right. I, I don't know if I necessarily disagree exactly in that sense because they clearly brought him in to just get that guy at that point. Um, yeah, but if six. Holmes is not available at that time, that's right. only the sixth inning. You're still right. looking for nine more outs. Right. I think where it gets interesting is, you know, if that's the case, then this is where I agree with you for sure, is why it doesn't Lissaga go and you at least give him one more batter. Every guy should have been pushed yeah. more if Holmes is not available. Yeah. The bullpen's already super thin, and then you just rely on Schmidt with guys on base right. already. 
And I just didn't like that decision. And, and to me, if you're worried about distance, I mean, why not? Why don't you just use Ludkey somewhere? You know, something like that. Or I mean, even the other day with Class A, the, the Guardians pushed him. He's never gone two innings this year. Right. And they pushed him because why? It's a big game, and you use anyone for any amount of outs. Right. And if if you look over at the Cleveland side of things, right, uh, when they pulled McKenzie out, Sam Henches went for an inning and two thirds. Eniel De Los Santos went for an inning and a third before Eli Morgan came in and went one inning. But Eli Morgan is also one of their spot starters who could have gone distance if needed to go distance. So that being said, it, it, it begs the question, right, of, of what is the exact thought process going through Boone's head? Or here's another thought. Wandy already had thrown an inning. Yeah. Don't bring him back out for the ninth. Give Schmidt a clean Just inning. Schm- yeah. Yeah, certainly. Because Wandy, that at that time, that was Wandy's third straight day pitching. Right. So, yeah, he already threw an inning that game. Like, yeah, he's probably running out of gas. He's a reliever. Right. Um, so let's just bring in Schmidt for a clean inning with a two-run lead. Certainly agree, 100%. Another Boone decision blunder, we'll call it at this point, um, and it's only because of the way yesterday's game gets played out and the way the lineup card is submitted, is Isaiah Connor falefa who, um, you know, look, I, I, I feel like I've been defending him on here all year, and that's all right, uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is when we need his glove to show up, uh, it just doesn't, and that was the case on Saturday night. Um, you know, uh, more or less, and uh, this kind of can bridge ourselves over to obviously yesterday's game, but I, I feel like it's proper to kind of start on the Saturday side of things. I I don't know. I I he does. You know, IKF provides a lot of flexibility for us in the lineup because he is really the only. And it's a different. It's different now that Bader's in the lineup, full time. Uh, but he was for a while our only true stolen base threat opportunity on the base paths. Um, but he clearly is not the shortstop of the future. Uh, I think that was known anyway. But he clearly, I don't even know if he's a shortstop of the present. Uh, with Cabrera getting shifted back to a more natural position for him uh, yesterday, and to me, it feels like. Uh, with, with benching IKF yesterday and then more than likely tonight, Boone was kind of more or less just waving the white flag on, like, I got this probably wrong all year. Yeah, I don't get why it took until the 166th game to finally realize that, like, this guy is going to hurt you in big moments. And then he Boone goes on to say that he thinks he's pressing, and it's like, yeah, you think? I mean, the guy doesn't want to make an error. The guy doesn't want to, you know, be the reason they lose. I think it's all in his head. Um, I mean, he makes the hard plays and then struggles with the easy plays. It's just sometimes I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to me. You make the hardest plays, Mm -hmm. but you can't make the routine plays. And the routine plays matter in these big spots. And we've seen that early in the the series. Yeah. Let's let's look at it from this perspective too, right? and I don't want, maybe this is where I can kind of play devil's advocate a little bit because we kind of saw it maybe to a degree last night a little bit. Uh, but if <laughs> it's kind of like choosing your own death in a way here, would you rather go IKF or Aaron Hicks? Because Hicks last night, and I'm not saying he, a lot of people are saying he jogged to that ball in, late in the game where uh, you had Donaldson running out and diving. I think it was kind of like he should have obviously taken control of the situation, but I think Donaldson was 
calling him off or something oh ridiculous. God. But, like, you look at a play like that, again, where we've kind of have pointed out stuff like that with Hicks all year. At the very least, IKF has been playing every day the past two weeks. You know, I, I it's one of those, like, I feel like you're just shooting yourself in the foot no matter what. But uh, to me, I'd rather just go with the guy maybe who's, I guess, been playing and at least in some sort of playing groove at that point. I think you're the only guy that has agreed with me on that play last night. Yeah. Hicks was jogging, but if Donaldson's running way out right. there, waving his arms, yeah. what, is he just going to run into him? No, and that's the thing, right? But I mean, that was definitely Hicks' right, ball, way right. easier catch for him. Well, no, and, that, and that's the thing, right, where you should have taken command on the situation. But, I mean, I've but, been in that position before. I'm sure you've been in that position before where you don't want to collide with it. I mean, we saw what happened, obviously, in the Blue Jays-Mariners series last weekend where – Springer, they haven't said anything, but like I'd imagine Springer probably had a concussion at minimum after colliding with Bichette. And we've seen it time and time again. I mean, the, most, the one that always sticks out to me and it forever will, will be the Padres back in 2005 uh, with Mike Cameron, who luckily it, it didn't injure him any worse than it did colliding with, I believe it was Mark Giles. So, but, but you, I mean, look, exactly. Like if a guy's going like this and doing whatever and you're just running you at full speed yeah. backwards but so, yeah i don't know i yeah. i just don't want ikf in the lineup because of his defense i i just yeah. can't trust it hicks is obviously a good defender um take away that play i mean he should have like he should have had it but and to be fair to hicks last night and we can this is where we can jump in obviously you know last night's game which was a yankee victory uh he he did at least look I wouldn't say comfortable, but he gave you at least some quality at bats in that spot. Yeah, he had a walk, and yeah. um, at the time it was uh, the runner on first, nobody out, and he drew a walk to yeah. set two guys up yeah. um, for Torres. Uh, mm-hmm. And they ended up, I think, grabbing a run that inning. That was the yeah. uh, Stanton sack yeah. fly. So the Yankees obviously winning game 4-4-2. to two. Garrett Cole picks up the win, 2-0, and a 2-0-3 ERA on the postseason now. Cal Contrell. Takes the loss 0-2 on the postseason of 5-4-0 year. And Wandy Peralta picks up the save first of the postseason. Cole, seven innings, six hits, two earned, eight strikeouts. Uh, you know, we've been talking more about it with will this be Aaron Judge's signature moment in pinstripes. I think we probably have at minimum Garrett Cole's pinstripe moment courtesy of last night. That was so huge in an elimination game. Um, you know, he had a couple – a little rough innings, but he grinded through it. He got through it, um, and that's what matters. He could have melted down like he has, you know, in a, in a couple innings this season, where one inning he'll give up four or five runs. But no, after he gave up the Naylor home run, he just settled right in. And outside of really, to be fair, one bad pitch, which was the Naylor home run, and even then, I, I, it, Naylor had to kind of go and reach it in a way. I mean, that was really his only truly, to me, bad bad spot of the night. And um, everyone was pointing out that his velocity was down like two miles an hour. Like, it wasn't a big deal to me. Um, he wasn't throwing 100, big deal. He was throwing 97. I mean, no other guys were exactly throwing their hardest last night. It, it ended up raining by about the fifth inning. And his off-speed pitches I thought were really good. Again. Yeah. Uh, so Cole, you know, obviously any unfazed has properly, you know, called this or he said the uh, moment with the uh, – with um, – Josh Naylor. Don't know why his name escaped me there for the hot minute, but it is what it is. Uh, continuing uh, on his hot streak, Harrison Bader chipped in a two-run home run 
one for three on the day for him. Um, again, I mean, I think it goes without saying what he's exactly doing for the Yankees here. Uh, especially, they've been having him floating pretty much in between the seven and nine spot in the lineup. Last night he was in the seven spot, but uh, just an incredible job uh, by the Yankees. And I know I, <laughs> you tweeted it last night. It, it irked me for a split second, but you're right. Right, you know, Montgomery who? <laughs> so, uh, obviously, right, I mean, you don't have Jordan Montgomery in that spot. You know, Harrison Bader would be, but certainly has been proving his worth, especially in this series with that acquisition. Yeah, you know Brian Cashman was somewhere jumping up and down and saying <laughs> we won the trade or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I like I said, I don't think they'd be having this game five without him. He's been huge. Mm -hmm. And I thought the balance of the lineup yesterday was a, a little bit better than um, than kind of uh, the past couple nights. You know, Gleyber Torres in the layoff spot, one for fourth, a run in a stolen base, but really did set – you know, the table for the first inning and really the game Glaber did with that, uh, you know, pretty much got the jump right away and, and got done. And Rizzo brought him in, you know, pretty much immediately, two for four, double, uh, RBI, uh, only to get himself, you know, obviously at least on that play, caught out in the middle there. Uh, but um, is what it is. I feel like I don't want to talk too much on the Yankee base running blunders any more than I kind of have to at this point. But... Uh, lo and behold, it, it showed its head again at one point last night. <laughs> yeah, there was a couple times, um, two with Anthony Rizzo. I mean, the first inning when he got picked off. Um, but then there was a time later in the game where the, the ball was in, like, deep right center field yeah. or something like that, and I thought for sure he would tag and go to third, and he didn't. It's oh, like, I know which one you're talking about. It was the, it was the uh, sack fly that brought in Stanton. Or, um, no, that picks. was Stanton's sack fly, yeah. Yeah, so, I was like, why didn't he tag and go to third? So I have a hot take about that. Well, I guess not a hot take because I was watching the game with my dad, and he brought that up as well. Uh, to me, I have, I have no problem with Rizzo kind of leaning halfway slash closer to third to retreat back. It ended up being a tough play out there for Quan. Uh, ended up being out in the gap. Him and Shaw kind of had to go get it. Um, and the way the weather was and the wind was blowing, I, I can't necessarily blame him. I mean, if that thing carries another foot, it's off the wall, and he's it's two runs in as opposed to one. But... Um, I don't weigh uh, to me. I don't weigh that one as much as obviously getting. Uh, I think they technically called it a caught stealing, but really picked off. Yeah, he like I think he tried to get a big jump, and then yeah. he was like, "Oh, like yeah, I stepped off, and he was caught yeah. in the middle." Yeah. So, um, and like I said, it ended up being a little bit better of balance. I mean, Donaldson chipped in a hit middle of the lineup. You know, Glaber and Judge obviously both had hits, and Bader down the bottom of the lineup. But Hicks, you know. Like I mentioned, the nine spot, sure over two, but did work that walk, ended up being that run that we just mentioned as well. Um, time to time to shout out, by the way, Wandy Peralta. We finally got to the moment in the show that I've been looking for. I can't take full credit on this. I had some creative help in uh, shout out to my guy, Jim Spina. But, um, no, Wandy. Wandy Peralta, Peralta the Plumbers, we're going to call him, because he just shows up and goes to work uh, the way, especially in this series. Uh, what a what a big spot to be to come in and pick up the save last night. Uh, On seven pitches. Right, and it would have been – I mean, it is his fourth straight game of work, day of work, uh, and <laughs> – no emergency needed for him, I guess. Let's go out there and throw the ball. Not not a slight on Clay Holmes. Uh, they brought Clay in in the eighth inning in a in what baseball does now is you know the high leverage spots is where you use your closer in the postseason now, and he did very well in his uh, one one inning of work. But 
uh, you know, Wandy comes in a tough spot and and just as you mentioned, seven pitches all he needed to, to shut the door on the Guardians last night. Yeah, to me it's kind of mind-boggling because I can't believe how good he is. Mm-hmm. He, it's not, you know, he doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. No. Um, he's from the left side. It just, to me, it's kind of crazy how good he really is. And it, and sometimes it doesn't even matter if he's facing a lefty. It's righties out. It's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing to think because we were, you know, Wandy's been a guy that, you know, has had his moments this year of good and bad, and we've, we certainly have dunked on him every now and then. But um, what a spot to come into and, and kind of really show your worth and why, um, to be fair, you know, why they kept you over, you know, Yoli Rodriguez. And remember, they got him for Mike Talkman. Yeah. And Mike Talkman's wow. not even in, in, the, in the majors anymore. He's, I think he's over in Japan now, my like beloved, Tyler Austin. My was. beloved sock man. Yeah, so I, uh, I think uh, they probably won the trade there too. Yeah, maybe to a degree. Because Talkman's not even playing in the majors anymore, so I guess you could say they won it. I will not stand for the Talkman disrespect. I do like it. <laughs> I do like it. All right, let's look ahead to tonight, Game 5, Decisive Game 5, uh, ALDS, Game 5, tonight, 7-0-7, first pitch on TBS. Aaron Savali gets the nod for Cleveland, five and six in the regular season with a four nine two ERA versus Jameson Tyone, a fourteen and five record in the regular season with a nine or three nine one ERA. Um, the question remains, and me and you, I know, both are um, on opposite ends of this to a degree, uh, but I cannot go without saying that Bob Costas, the way he was banging the drum on this last night, I'm just like saying, I'm like, I don't think you know what a bullpen game fully is if you. Expect Savali and Tyone only go one inning each. Or I think he's. Like that, I think he thought though, like that these guys weren't even the starters. Right. I think they were just. He thought they were going to throw a reliever out yeah. there. The guy's clueless. I can't stand listening to him anymore. Oof. I muted the TV the other night, <laughs> or actually the last few nights. I I just muted the TV and watched Barstool like a live reaction. I just. I, the guy says some bad stuff. I I I will say this. I don't expect either guy to go nine innings, obviously, or anything like that. But I don't expect either of these guys to go just two innings and have it become a bullpen game. Um, you know, I, I understand, especially on the Guardian side of things, right? You have your you're pretty much your big three rested in the bullpen, but um, if Savali's out there throwing, you know, one hit ball through four innings. I, I'm not going to pull him yet. You know. And likewise with Tyone, I don't expect the Yankees to pull him if he's throwing one-hit ball in the fourth inning or anything like that. I just don't think Cleveland's okay to push Savali to the point where with one swing they lose the game because of him. I think if they're going to lose the game, they're going to depend on their bullpen, who you know, which has been lights out. So the real question to me is, and I, I just I don't fully understand it, um, to a degree, it's the same with the Yankees, I guess, but not as bad to me because I feel like Tyone probably should have been in the starting rotation anyway in the wild card or in the divisional round right now. But you have Shane Bieber available on pretty much de facto full rest. Hey, we could see him. You never know. Right, but I just I don't get why you're not going with him. If uh, This is kind of baffling to me for a guy like Terry Francona to say I'm saving for the hypothetical game one of the LCS if they make it. You worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. You got to get there. I mean, I'd be throwing, personally for me, I'd be throwing Bieber if I'm Cleveland today. Yeah. I, I'm just being honest with you. Michael. And it's not a knock on Savali. I know people probably look at the numbers and say 5-6, and 4-9-2. Yeah, you're right. You probably would throw him, but throw Bieber over him. But Savali's dealt with injuries all year. He's better than what his record and stats indicate for the year. 
in the grand scheme of things, so Bieber is a better pitcher, I'd be going Bieber here. Yeah, Michael Case said it well last night. Um, you know, there's no tomorrow yet. you got to win today. And he said he thinks that everyone will be available on the Yankees. And he said don't count it out. He doesn't think this is going to happen. But in a do-or-die game, everyone should be available, right. to, available to the point where Garrett Cole could even be available. Right. Like anyone could come in and throw a pitch. Um, and I agree with him. Like everyone should be available. It doesn't right. matter if you pitch four days in a row. Be ready to go just in case. Yeah. And imagine if this game went to like 14 innings. It would be yeah. crazy. Yeah, you'd have to use all these guys. I mean, that's where, you know, kind of comes in. You know, you kind of saw that pop up with uh, Houston and Seattle. Uh, on, on Saturday. Yeah, who they have but, Garcia at like 40 pitches? Yeah, Garcia, but he, you know, starter who they, they put him out there because they know he's good enough. But, you know, if that thing went long enough, they know that they could have left him out there for beyond two innings. You know, and I think that's a big thing. I mean, you kind of saw that with the Mariners, too. I mean, I think they probably pulled the trigger on Murphy maybe a little bit too quick, but, you know, Robbie Ray came in and gave up all the problem is, if this game goes 14 innings tonight, it's probably going to end at like one or two in the morning. Right, correct, <laughs> correct. As opposed to five in the morning, if it would have been out. Yeah. So let's uh, obviously, you know, we can't discuss and preview it too, too much, only because who knows what happens tonight? Might be Cleveland, might be New York. We don't know. ALCS game one is Wednesday night in Houston. Um, I would assume they're throwing Verlander game one. Uh, obviously, we know what Cleveland will do in the hypothetical sense that it will be Shane Bieber throwing game one there. You know, for the Yankees, I would imagine it's got to be Sevy or Cortez for game one if they make it to the ALCS. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. I I, I know why we're going to talk about it because, you know, this is a podcast and everything, but I just don't want to talk about it because no, I mean, I'm I, so worried about tonight. No, honestly. I don't want to talk about it here. It's just the fact that, you know, obviously, you know, we're you know, next time we'll, we'll be discussing anything on here is going to be Thursday, so... Uh, we would be slightly remissed if we did not at least mention it. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like the weather's a problem tonight. I just yeah. saw another update. Between 7 and 9, there's going to be rain, cold front moving through. Um, so, And then there's, you know, the hourly breakdown. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this game might not even start on time. Um, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a wild night. I, I'm just – I'm not too confident, but I'm pretty confident tonight. So we'll see. And if it, if the game, I don't think it's going to get rained now, but if it were, that would be terrible, I think, for the Yankees if it got pushed till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's it's going to be a crazy game five. Yeah, game, games like these are typically the first one of, like, two or three runs gets the win. So hopefully uh, the bats show up early and the bullpen shows up and does its job pretty pretty squared away. Yeah, I think they have to jump out to the you know to the lead first. Mm -hmm. They cannot be trailing at home. They have to have the fans right into it. Mm -hmm. Um and which which they should. I mean, Cleveland if Cleveland and is any indication that I think from the bleacher creatures out in the outfield to um the businessmen behind home plate, I I expect them to be on it tonight. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now I'll wrap things up there. Uh, mentioned quickly, we were allowed wrong in terms of exactly who made where and everything else. Obviously, Houston swept Seattle. Wait, am I forgetting this? Did you call the Phillies winning that series? I believe I did. That's what I thought when it was happening. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, Paul is right. I believe I called the Phillies, and I know the only one I don't think I got exactly right. Did I get San Diego? I feel like I did. We'd have to rewind. The, the only thing I know is you didn't get Seattle right. Correct. But, but that's like, I mean, kind of. I mean, I mean you I had the Mets in the, winning the World Series, Paul, so I don't know where. 
Wait, didn't you Matt, have the Guardians the making it? I, I did have the Guards versus the Mets in the World Series. Hey, the, the Guardians are still alive, though. You never know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> this has been a crazy postseason. It's baseball. The Phillies are still in it. It's baseball. Like I, the fact that people are like saying like. We should just have a regular season. Nah, screw it. It's baseball. It's postseason. You never know what yeah, might happen. I think it's fun. I mean, you don't. It's not just the teams that are expected to win that are winning. I mean, I mean, Nate caught me in a stray the other day because he had to bring up my beloved Tampa Bay Lightning from a few years ago when they got knocked out by Columbus. <laughs> Do you want to have the conversation about uh, making the playoffs a little bit different in terms of seven-game series and playing a few less in the regular season? Yeah, I think we can probably bring that up here for a couple minutes. I don't see a problem with that. It would make sense to me to get to get that games down a little bit in the regular season and then be able to play seven games. But series. why are people complaining about the buys? Like, I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's where I joke. think that's where people are kind of bringing it up. I, to me, I would do one fifty four anyway in the regular season. Um, you play one hundred and sixty two games and then you have a five game series to decide. It seems kind of that's the way the NBA was. I mean, obviously not to that extreme, but that was the way the NBA was up until about 15 years ago. And they changed it. Because money talked. You know? It's the same thing with baseball. Unless the next, the next broadcast rights for TV, that's why the playoffs are the way they are now. They just had that new deal come through with ESPN and Turner, and I guess Fox, technically speaking, for the way it is. So I probably won't see any changes for the five or six years until we get back to the new TV cycle deal. Then I can't imagine the complaints of the Phillies. And I mean, the only people complaining are the Dodgers fans right now. They're the only ones complaining. They're the only ones up in arms. Which Yeah, but imagine if it's the Phillies Guardians. Like, I feel like everyone's going to complain, like, oh, I'm not watching this World Series and the ratings and, are going to be the, way down. But there will be people complaining about There will be Look, there's going to be people complaining no matter what about this the rest of the postseason. But I think that's right? fun. Two teams that are, like, smaller markets. Right. right. No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I to me... To me, the ultimate, you know, FU would be something like Padres Guardians at this point. I mean, really, the ultimate one would have been Padres Mariners, <laughs> but um, yeah. simply put, obviously, that's not going to happen anymore. I, to me, and this is look, I, I know this is a little bit different compared, to especially say like the Super Bowl, but it compares better off to say the Stanley Cup Final and the NBA Finals, in that. The only guarantee people you're going to have watching are going to be the diehards, the actual fans of the team. All right. Now, for me, it's different. I'm a Yankee fan, right? I'm upfront about that. But I'm a baseball fan really at the core. So it could be – I'm going to use the two teams I hate maybe on each league the most, right? It would be Boston, right, and it would be the Dodgers, and I'd still be watching. It's not going to hamper me from watching. If you're a fan of baseball and the sport itself – you know, it could be it, it could be Kansas City, Colorado, and you're still going to watch yeah, at the end of the time. That's for me. Right. And yeah, yeah, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, the only people complaining at this point are what I will just – look, I'll call them what they are. They're the Fairweather Dodger fans, the ones who are writing in right now to the L.A. Times and the editorial staff that are even writing that themselves. It's ludicrous to me given the fact of who some of the people are who have come through that, come through that bullpen – and have have written about the Dodgers in the past. It's laughable to me that that's where they are now. So it's whatever. And the Dodgers didn't even deserve to win that series. I mean, and exactly. If you're going to find anybody complaining about, complain about Dave Roberts saving Clayton Kershaw for whatever reason that that I don't even know. Like I, it, the classic choke artist that is Kershaw in the postseason. Yep. You know. And then Tommy Canley melted down in game three or four. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. but that's what I was going back to with them. I mean, to me, the, the Astros are the same way. Is that bullpen is just, 
I get that they're good. I get that they're great. But, I mean, if you don't have a true guy to go to sometimes, I mean, that's case number one right there. Yeah, if the same teams make it every year in all these leagues, I mean, it's so boring. Like, let's have different teams. I'm so tired of the Dodgers. I'm so glad they're out. Um, It's too bad Houston's still in, but what are you going to do, you know? I mean, I'll I'll say this. At least the Houston's end. Um, And we can... We can say what we want, really, about them in the grand scheme of things, but at least with them, you know, they've they've really have done this now from a consistent standpoint of you know we're pushing pushing about seven total seasons on this, and they they had a long grind to get to the top, and they've been able to at least sustain it. You know, this is what the sixth straight year that they're at least in the ALCS. Yeah, I mean, they that's de- nuts. They deserve credit for sure. Just you know, even if I wasn't an Yankee fan, like. Uh, I just I wouldn't like seeing the same team. It's right. like that. Well, with I mean, NBA. everybody everybody likes parody. Yeah. You know, I mean, I not to, and I know, I know this is one of the games that Nate and Josh enjoy doing. Take a shot anytime Paul brings up racing, but I mean that's why people in NASCAR love the NASCAR Cup Series this year. They're at 19 different winners this year. It's a tied for the record period, not just modern era, but the whole kit and caboodle. You know, we're we're one driver away in the next three races from it being the most drivers to ever win in a season. Yeah, and then like you in know. the NHL this year, we're going to have a new winner, the Buffalo Sabres. So. Exactly. We're out of the Senators. Yeah, it makes it more fun. <laughs> <laughs> the fighting Craig Anderson's across the board. All right, so uh, that will wrap it up for Concrete Jungle today. We'll obviously talk about everybody Thursday no matter what here. Uh, so good luck to the Yankees tonight. Hopefully we continue talking about them. Uh, we'll say of note, we're finally getting uh, the stuff in for the minor leagues. Uh, they're all-stars, um, all-teams, awards, stuff like that. So Thursday, we'll probably sprinkle in the first bit of that uh, as we get going. I know the Syracuse Mets got stuff released on that over the weekend. I just haven't taken a full look at that quite yet, so we'll circle back around to that. Um, Kyle, are you taking your PJ down to uh, the Bronx for Game 5, or are you just hanging out up here? I wish I was going. Um, I did look at I did look at tickets last oh. night, and I was like, "Wow, insane!" <laughs> um, but I'm just glad I got to the first game. Um, but yeah, I'll be watching from my couch tonight. Oh, Probably Nate. standing up though, pacing. <laughs> Nervous, Nelly. Nate, same with you. I'm assuming. Yep, I'll be I'll be checking in every few innings. Watch a little football. You ne- you'll never know. Um, oh, but okay. Kyle, I was looking at Ticketmaster this morning, and you can get another under a hundred under a hundred dollars. So. What's it, about noon Eastern time? You can fly down there in the next five or six hours, right? It's definitely possible. I just I didn't like being no, way I, up. I know. No, I'm just the drive is still possible. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Appreciate Nate, as always, behind the scenes, uh, handling everything back there for Collins, Paul Russo. We'll talk to everybody Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Catch up anytime on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify. We'll talk to everybody Thursday. Go Yankees. Have a fantastic week, everybody.